Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Strong Opinion Hibs podcast. This is episode 32, otherwise known as High Beast 3, Rangers 2, Ram Year 1902. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so I'm your host as always, Calvin, and the band are back together this week. Uh, we've got both Jack and Charlie joining us. How are we, lads? I'm all right. Um, as you can maybe tell, I've uh, got a different shirt on the day because uh, at least one of my teams did they bitterly disappoint me this weekend, eh? But um, I'm all right. The girls, the girls rescued it for uh, the high beast. That was an excellent result for the girls. But I um, still recovering for the United game. But happy that the old Hertha won. So that's why I stuck the Hertha shirt on the day. But still a hibsy F with the bucket hat, mate. Good stuff. Good stuff. And Charlie, how are you, mate? I'm all right, mate. I the beard's back to uh, be negative about hibs again. So I hope you're ready for that. But uh, apart from that, I'm doing good, mate. I had a week off last week, so feeling rested and ready to go. Good, mate. Glad to have you back and looking forward to jumping into this one. We'll do a quick chat about the women's game first. Um, so, Jack, uh, usually your wee segment, um, obviously Hibs with a woman with a 1-0 victory over Aberdeen. You were in attendance. Do you want to take it away, mate? Aye, well, to start off, you know, first of all, I think 1-0 didn't do the game justice. I think that flattered Aberdeen 1-0. Um, we were just fantastic from start to finish. Like, the intensity we were playing with absolutely dominated them as well. And it definitely could have been like, five, like four or five. But unfortunately, you know, we just didn't get the rub of the green with some of our chances. We had a clear penalty shout denied as well. I think Amy Muir, there was a horrible foul on her. Um, and we should have had a penalty for that. But no, it was a fantastic performance. Like really, really good intensity, as I was saying. And that goal for Cav, you know, or should I say the ginger Ronaldinho, um, excellent goal like she only scores bangers I, I put it up on the um, podcast Twitter obviously when she scored but does she only score bangers the answer is aye it was fantastic great sort of curling shot Aberdeen keeper had no chance then we just I don't think I, I can only really pick out one moment in the game when Aberdeen really threatened and it was sort of towards the end and even then Gabby had that well under control so Aberdeen never bothered they were actually hardly at their own half for most of the first half and the second half they were sort of stuck in midfield so it was an excellent performance. As I said, the intensity was just excellent. And the way we were, you know, mm-hmm. constantly winning the ball back, constantly communicating each other. I think having Joel back was actually huge. And then obviously we had Shannon McGregor back, um, you know, after well over a year, I think it's something like 20 months, she said, um, out with injury. She was back with first team football and getting on. And it was great to see Shannon. And, you know, the amount of running she did when she came on, it was absolutely fantastic. It was like she'd never been away. So, I'm really, really happy with that result. And it's what we needed after the Partick Thistle defeat as well. You know, just getting back to winning ways, especially against what is a decent Aberdeen side. So, aye. Aye, good stuff. Just to um, add on to what you were saying, mate, uh, and Dean, uh, the head coach, in his pre-match, in, uh, post-match interview, he said that's the best performance so far of the season, um, taking into account pre-season and everything as well. Would you agree with that? I definitely would. You know, like I said, I said it before, the scoreline didn't do the game justice at all. You know, I think that was a best performance. You look at the Sterling Uni game, we were expected to do that. And you look at the Spartans game, I think in the Spartans game, we had moments where we weren't sort of, we were sort of stepping off a bit, you know, didn't have the foot on the pedal completely. But if we start to finish in that Aberdeen game, we just had our foot firmly on the pedal and we were firmly in the driving seat. I said Aberdeen had no chance. I think they're very, very lucky to get away with just one. But like I said, we didn't get the rub of the green um, with some of our chances. And Colette, she could have been on a double, but unfortunately it just you know, went rattling off the bar um, with that chance. And I think Alexa, she could have had um, a few goals on the day as well. So could Ailey Gallagher. 
think Alexa, um, we'll talk about this later when it comes to a certain Mr Nisbet, but I think they should be sitting Kevin Doon and um, making him watch Alexa and showing that's what your work rate should be like. You know, Alexa was just absolutely fantastic. Um, no, just up front, but you're winning the ball back in midfield and everything, and then running with it and picking it out to um, Amy and uh, Colette. It was just fantastic, and it's it's great football. It was great, great football for us. So I definitely agree with Dean. Definitely agree with Dean. It's our best performance by far this season. I <clears throat> one of the other things I was going to add in there as well was are we playing at Aberdeen Women next again in the cup? Is that right? Yeah, we're playing them in the uh, League Cup. I think that's the quarterfinal that we're playing them in. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think we, we know what they're all about, although it's a tough one because obviously we're going up to their place. They play at the mm-hmm. Cove Rangers Stadium and that is a tough wee place to go as, of course, the guys know from when they played Cove in the League Cup group stage um, last season. Obviously, it is a tough place to go. It's a, you know, quite a um, horrible conditions up there a lot of the time and it's no the best quality surface, I'd say, either. But, I'm sure we'll beat Aberdeen in the Cup as well, but I think mm-hmm. a performance like that against the champions of the second division is no bad at all considering what happened against Partick. But I think Dean had us set up spot on. It was good to see Joel back, like I was saying, and having Gabby back in goals. We talked about it last week. Gabby, we communicated more with Gabby. Like, Emily doesn't talk. And I'm not saying Emily's... You know, I said it before, Emily's a great goalkeeper, but Gabby communicates. You know, Gabby was up there shouting, as she always does. Come on, girls. If there was a bit where like, we were maybe looking at... Um, having our heads doing a bit, Gabby's like, come on, girls, we can do this, you know, just need to go again and everything like that. So when a move broke down, Gabby was always shouting, come on, girls, like, we'll get the next one and everything like that. I think that's fantastic because that's what you need your goalkeeper to be doing. And Joel, you know, Joel, proper captain's performance at Joel as well with all the instructions she was given. So I think that definitely helped having those two back and we were really, really attacking as well. So obviously we've learned the lessons for the party and we were just, you know, the inten- like I said, I've said this right. thing, but the intensity was top class. And just uh, <clears throat> looking forward to the Aberdeen game in the Cup then, the only sort of negative that Dean could put, put his finger on was the fact that we didn't score more goals. Is there anything we need to change uh, going away to face them up in Aberdeen or do we just stick with the same system? Is there any players you'd like to see come into the squad? A bit rotation or do you think consistency is key for this one as well? I, saw, I, I, I just think, like I've said it so many times, I just want to see more of Tony play because that game she played against Rangers, she was fantastic. And I don't know why we've brought in a player for such a good league in terms of Austrian league and you know kept her on the um, bench. I just don't understand it at all. Um, but she's an excellent player. I hope to see Tony playing. And obviously we've got Hamilton next in the league as well, which I think they're the other newly promoted side. They came second um, in the SWPL too. And I think they'll provide a tough test. We've got a former Hibs player in there, Hannah Scott, who's a decent player. I'm sad I didn't see more of her at Hibs last season. So hopefully um, she doesn't cause too much problems. And uh, funnily enough, Hamilton, my former PE teacher, Miss Evans, Lauren Evans plays for Hamilton, so uh, hopefully she doesn't cause us too many problems. Um, I'm still annoyed at her for uh, telling me off in PE a bit too many times. I, was, I wasn't uh, the best in PE, so uh, hopefully does, she doesn't score against Hibs to get revenge on me for being a wee uh, arsehole when I was in her PE class. But um, <laughs> So, uh, I no, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing at your, your, your wanting Tony to play because it's exactly what you said in the last podcast as well. And then obviously that was quite well received with the wee inside joke of the Tony Macaroni and that. Hi. That was quite a good laugh online um, last week, mate. So that was really well received. And just as well to give you a wee shout out, you've been doing some really good work on your own YouTube channel as well. And you managed to sit down and have a wee chat with Tony, didn't you? Yeah. Can you tell the people where they can find that? Uh, so you can find it on my YouTube channel, Jack Gills 1875. And I was talking to Tony about you know, what's it like playing for us? And then also a bit about her time in Austria, because as I mentioned, there, she's mm-hmm. played in the 
Ustreicher from Bundesliga with uh, Wacker Innsbruck. Um, so I asked her what it was like being an American in Austria. So I, um, you can check that out on my YouTube channel and I greatly appreciate it. It was a great laugh. Tony's an absolute riot um, to talk to. She's amazing. So I know you can check that out um, over on my YouTube if you want. But I uh, thanks, thanks for the plug there. I was but uh, um, shameless, shameless self-promotion there. But I no, no it's, mate, it's a great wee interview. I enjoyed listening to it. It's only about 30 minutes long as well. So it's good just to listen to it and catch up and see, you know, a good wee insight into the women's team again for you, Jack. So I no, appreciate appreciate the work you're doing, and that was great, great day. But great analysis, and you'll be back next week as well, re- reviewing the, the yet again the Aberdeen preview. I think we've got, aye, I think it's, aye, so Aberdeen and then just a, um, one last wee thing is the Hamilton game just for any fans has been postponed due to the international break. So um, that'll be played in the midweek at New Douglas Park. So if any of you are out west, I know there's a few hippies that live out west or you're planning on, or you've not got any plans on that night, uh, it'll be at New Douglas Park. So make sure you head along and support the girls because, you know, it'll be another big three points if we can beat Hamilton. And like I said, hopefully... Uh, Old, hopefully Miss Evans doesn't get revenge on me by scoring against us. Hopefully Hannah Scott doesn't cause us too much problems. So, aye. <laughs> so make sure you head along to New Douglas Park if you can. Jack, if we're doing uh, if we're doing self promotion, mate, you may as well tell everyone your uh, your good news for last week as well. Eh, oh, yeah, of course, I forgot. Yes, of course. Aye, he's cheating on us. He's cheating on us. I'm he's cheating he's... on him. I'm cheating on him. Edinburgh's second best team. Um, Edinburgh City. Um, Aye, it's Edinburgh second best team, Edinburgh City. Aye, um, it's something that's been in the pipeline for a wee while, but I'm sure everybody knows Dave Armstrong that he uh, obviously worked for Hibs TV. Um, he does a lot of work with the Edinburgh City women's team and uh, invited me along to work with him at the Livingston game, their game against Livy. Um, they, they liked what I did with the match reports and the interviews. So I'm now officially part of the Edinburgh City women media team as a media assistant and match reporter. So it's great to get such a fantastic opportunity with Edinburgh City. So I've got to thank them. They're a great group of girls. Um, fortunately, they lost. Um, yesterday against their United 3-2 um, but a great group of girls has been really really welcoming and it's great to get such a fantastic opportunity I'd also like to say thank you to everybody um, at the academy you know Joel and Callum who gave me the opportunities because without the academy I wouldn't be getting to this point so thank you to everybody there and thank you to everybody at City for the opportunity but it's great to be getting in with a um, decent club they play in the SWF Championship South which is the women's third division um, and they play at Alban Park so anybody that fancies coming along and catching a bit of um, more women's football outside the Hibs then you can come and watch Edinburgh City at Alban Park it's free entry um, at Alban Park and Broxburn so if you want to come along you're more than welcome um, and it's, it's great football played and like I said it's a great group of girls um, at Edinburgh City as well so I'm really really happy to get that position Aye good stuff mate thoroughly deserved as well thoroughly deserved so we're very proud of you mate well done Aye, Thank you uh, Coming to a sort of more negative side or a disappointing uh, segment here Obviously, at the weekend, lads, it was Hibs 0, uh, Dundee United 3. Uh, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to make the game because I wasn't feeling well, uh, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> you two, I think, managed to make it, though, am I right? Unfortunately. Unfortunately, aye. Aye. Right, lads, let's start with the lineup because when the lineup came out, I thought, aye, that's, that's no bad, actually. That's pretty good. Um, there's a few that I got wrong. I didn't realise Paul McGinn wouldn't be playing. Um, Aye, and I didn't I didn't realise Murphy would come back in, but I'll just run through it. It was Macy and goals, obviously. Cadden, uh, Wood, Hanlon, Doig, Doyle, Hayes, Newell, Boyle, Alan Murphy and Nisbet. So a pretty strong start in 11. What were your thoughts when you seen that? Um, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a good, good strong lineup uh, on paper. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good team to go and 
beat Dundee United. Um, there's not really many changes when we played them the other week there, but um, I thought it was good. It was nice nice to see that Nathan Wood was getting a start. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that in a wee bit how I thought he'd done, but um, I thought it was good. Like you say, Calvin, I thought Paul McGinn might, might have been back in. Um, he's been out for a wee while, uh, probably getting a rest after being heavily criticised. Um, and for my opinion, rightfully so as well, because he was probably the weakest link in that team from the start of the season. But um, no, I, I thought the team was I thought the team was strong, um, but obviously, yeah. obviously, just never turned up. Me too. I didn't have any complaints about the lineup. I thought it was probably the strongest we could have went with, um, yeah. and amongst our, our injuries and things like that. And I felt fairly confident, fairly confident with that lineup. It looked like quite a positive lineup, quite attacking. Um, nice to see Murphy back in there as well. Um, what about yourself, Jack? I mean, I just echo everything that Charlie said, to be honest. Like, I was really, really happy with that. I mean, I'm no Murphy's biggest fan, and especially after Saturday as well. I've not really, because I think Murphy's not done, he's not lived up to what he could be as a player with us. But I thought it was great to see Wood start. Um, and I thought, you know, that's a really strong team, and we were more than capable of going out there. And I just think, you know, they didn't show up. And I, I think to me, we'll talk about it maybe later, but I think mm. it was just a sense of apathy for a lot of players, to be honest. But I was actually really happy with how we set up. Um, mm. And I just think it wasn't to be, obviously. Like, the, the, the boys just didn't get their best effort. But I was really, really happy with that line. I looked at it and went, you know what? We could take United here, definitely. So I I, I can't really add any more to that. I was really happy with the lineup. Mm-hmm. So looking happy with the lineup, I definitely thought that was enough to beat Dundee United. I didn't think much of Dundee United before the match, to be honest with you. I thought we would have won that quite comfortably. Uh, or fairly, fairly re- re- reasonably comfortable. Uh, do you think we underestimated Dundee United? Aye, we did. I think we did. Like honestly, I, I think there was, and I, I was actually speaking to a Dundee United fan on the train back um, that I, I know quite well because it's a girl that used to go to my school with mum. It's a United fan, and she, she met me on the train, and I was saying, you know, like we just underestimated you, and we did. You know, I think United are a decent side, and it proved that the football we play at home has been found out because obviously you play against Livingston, you play against St Mirren, play against St Johnston, okay, they're not exactly quality sides. Um, and we beat, well, we didn't beat St Mirren, that was, but we beat Livingston and St Johnston, but we got found out. And I just think we not did underestimate either like said, There was just a big sense of apathy there. That's what I saw anyway. There was like a big, big sense of apathy for the players, which I don't like at all. If we sure. tried and you get beat, then okay, that's all right, we got beat. When you didn't try and get beat, it's no nice. It's no nice for us, the fans, because we're sitting there, you know, we're, we're sitting out in the cold. I was freezing my backside off to watch. I think, I'm going to say it now, it's one of the worst performances I've seen under Jack Ross. And it's one of the mm-hmm. worst home performances I've seen probably since we got relegated by Hamilton, if I'm going to be honest. You know, it's definitely, and I know there's loads of derby defeats in there as well, but I think in terms of just like how we played and how uninterested we looked, you know, even in that C one derby loss before lockdown, we looked more interested in that game. Even when we got beat by Hamilton in the playoff, we looked more interested. So I definitely think it was really disappointing, and it sort of harked back to uh, sadder times. I think it, it was to me very Fenlin and slash Butcher like in terms of how uninterested the players were. But you know, it, it is what it is. Hopefully, we learn from it. That, that's the main thing that's got to be taken out of this is we bet we better learn from it because you can't be doing performances like that with what our aims are this season because if we don't get um, European football then mm-hmm. you know it, it's no on but I think you know we'll learn for it but I'm, I'm even I'm struggling I can like uh, you two will know and everybody that follows me on Twitter I always try and look for positives about how performances and I try to see the brighter side things but even 
I can't see a brighter side to that at all. Because I'm going to be honest, you know, just turn up. If you turned mm. up and got beat 3-0 because United played well, okay. But we didn't, that, we let them, if you see what I mean. they If we'd actually challenged them, we'd actually sort of put a bit of pressure on. I don't think they would have played as well in that game. And that's just my honest opinion on it. But aye, that's that's all I've got to say um, for that respect. Shaz? Um, I think, first of all, I want to say well done to United. Um, and that's, I never really, I'm very complimentary about opponents, but I think the way they set up was exactly how to beat Hibs. Um, because when Martin Boyle got in the ball, they kicked him off the park. Yeah, and it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't one, uh, Declan Glass was the one I remember for the first half that completely wiped out. But then next time Boyle got in the ball, Freeman was on him. Then Harks was on him. Ken, it was, they set up excellently to, to nullify our only attacking threat. And that's the biggest bugbear I've got with Hibs is that Martin Boyle's our only attacking threat out the wing. Yeah. That's the ball, that's the ball we go every time. And if teams find that out, then we've nothing. And uh, the same on Saturday. But I, I think Dundee United set up well, mate. Um, I, I don't know if we underestimated them, to be honest. I think we just went into set to play the game that we played the other week there. But uh, they, they just turned up and done mm-hmm. what they needed to do and nullified their attacking threat. And they've come away with a 3-0 So Yeah, it's I, interesting. Sorry, mate. It's interesting what you said about Boyle being on the attacking threat. Because I think I said in the podcast months ago that, like, this season, like we were going to have to be quite versatile in terms of the way we set up and, like, you know, almost have different styles of play and a different game plan for different teams. Because I think we noticed that very early on that, like, even in the European games against Santa Coloma and all that, like, Boyle was on out ball every time. Mm-hmm. And it was getting this, I mean, a lot of teams will be snuffed that out. And it's like, like Jack says, I think you've got Murphy on the other side, who's also a good player, but for me, he's missed too many big opportunities. Like the one in the semi-final, um, a few other ones he's missed in that as well. Like I just don't feel he's as confident, or maybe is it? It's obviously not at the peak of his his career. Um, Nisbet, you know, he's a bit of a hit and miss. Um, like you say, it is a wee bit worrying, a wee bit worrying that he does seem to be our only outball, and it does seem to be that a lot of teams, uh, have already sussed that out. And then you know the fact the media and that as well, the negativity that they've had, um, you know, um. Yogi Hughes saying he was a diver and things like that and sports and that haven't helped us either. So anytime he goes down, he doesn't really can he doesn't really get much nowadays, I don't feel. Um Aye. so no, to take that into account as well, it can it's a wee bit worrying, slightly worrying like. Um Aye. so where did it go wrong then? I think I'll start <laughs> and say like you know, we've, we've talked about it and you know, I think it went wrong for me that we just it was the usual. You know what I mean? It was the usual with the three goals, especially, like, I think that their third goal, it was like, you you just, you can't, it was coming. Cadden doesn't go with his man. Like, I, honestly, that annoys me. Like, it's it's defending 101. Matt, you stay with your guy you're marking. Let him cross that ball in. There we go. I thought, how many times we conceded a goal like that? And the whole point of dropping McGinn or giving McGinn a rest was to stop that from happening. Mm. But I think McGinn probably would have stopped that because towards sort of, like, you know, the games he stopped playing. Like in the Livingston game, I said that that McGinn's was actually improving and actually had a good game. And even against St Mirren, he had a decent game. Um, McGinn, like he got his goal and he actually put in a solid performance and he got a bit more of the old McGinn. But like Cadden, I just don't understand. You stick with your mark, you stick with your runner, mate. Like honestly, just stick with him and try and block mm-hmm. it. But didn't we just seem to have some sort of allergic, like we just have some sort of allergy to blocking crosses. Like, you know what I mean? 
And then I thought, I thought Pad had played quite well against like St Johnston and things like that. Like, oh, I, thought, I, well, right. I thought he was yeah. one of the ones that was really, really trying. Um, like as he didn't go doing all that, I always thought he was trying against St Johnston, but obviously right. it's different for watching it on the telly. Me, I watched it on the telly this weekend. Aye. Yeah, like I said, I just didn't. And then the other two goals, I mean, their first goal was a carbon copy, more or less, of the goal Santa Coloma scored against us in Andorra. Like, nobody's, like, they're all standing off the United boy, gives them too much space. And he shoots, and he goes to the back of the net. And, you know, I heard a lot of folks sitting around me going, oh, Messi should have tried better to save that. How you met, how you as a goalkeeper going to react to your defence leaving you for dead like that? By the way, I counted it. There are seven Hibs players been, um, back defending that ball. Seven Hibs players and nobody's, nobody's going on him. Goalie. Nobody's going goalie. on him. And that's what annoys me. He's defending one one You know, you didn't give a boy that much space. Macy, bless him, he tried to save it. He tried to save it. You could see he tried his best. He's at full stretch. No going in. And I think, I heard a lot of folks say, should he try better? It, it, his defence shouldn't be leaving him like that. I'll his tell you something, though. Like that. And then their second goal actually was actually quite well worked quite a well worked move I've got to say but the third goal and the first goal were mistakes we made before and like I said more or mm. less at the first goal especially it was a carbon copy of what we conceded against Santa Coloma and Andorra so or at least in my view that it was a carbon copy but like I said that's what you've got to do what do you think what? in terms of sorry Jack just to interrupt you see talking about their first goal I think that's what Hibs don't do enough of yeah no. I mean it's, the same, it's almost the same as the one Brophy scored just, just yeah. have a shot and go. Someone hit the ball. It's like almost going back to the sort of Fenland days as well, and like try to walk the ball in. I'm not saying we're in the Fenland days. I'm not saying that talk is in a much better place. And listen, I think this is just a, it is one of those freak results that happens. But I do think that we try and walk the ball into the net far too often rather than someone just putting a bloody foot through it. And you can yeah. see how it, how it how it how it pays off. Exactly. But I think, like I said, that United goal just was. I, I think it. Who's going? And I, I was sitting there with David um, saying, Who's going to somebody put a foot in, or else it's going to end up in the back of the net? And then look at what happened. But I think, yeah, we can see too many goals like that. And I think once or twice it's a mistake and you go, You're in for it. When it's about the seventh or eighth time, you go, This is something that seriously needs to be worked on. And that's just, that's my views on it. But three goals, well, I wouldn't say three. The second goal, like I said, was very well worked for United. But two goals, certainly, that we've made mistakes before and are easily preventable, eh? Um, so that's my view on it. I don't think their last goal should have counted. I, I don't know, like, because of because of where I sit. No, nah, it's because it's a sweaty mate. They were banned from my house <laughs> growing up. Kevin used to play, used to Nate, play for. You're not allowed to do that when you're running in and you pass it across and tap in. That's a sweaty. That was banned from my house. Many well, an argument happened over that in my house. I tell you, growing up. Tell you what, though. Tell you what about that. Tell me about, about that goal. It's fair play to United, like the, the, the skill. I mean, he sold Cadden up the river there, didn't he? Right, you know they pumped us. Well and truly pumped us. Yeah, they, they did. And fair, but all I've got to say is, um, you know, fair fair play to them. I, I sort of didn't mention that earlier, but fair play to them. They played some good football. I, I actually I, I actually quite like their manager. You know, especially after he did the show, the racism and the red card thing, I thought happened with Ross County. So I, I have a lot of what that was about. I have a lot, a, lot, a lot of respect for them. And that, that Yendo Fuchs, what a player. It's very rarely, I'm a bit like Charlie, it's very rarely I compliment the opposition, but that Fuchs, what a player. Yo, he's also uh, he's also out of contract in the summer, if uh, Ron uh, Gordon's listening to Jack, this podcast. If you're listening, you're listening <laughs> get him signed. No, honestly, I'd love to see him in a hip shot because he's he is a player we need. We need that sort of player, but he's fantastic, Fuchs. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great player and United are very lucky to have him. Mm. 
Are you ready for the negativity? Come on. Hit us. I'm, I'm, I'm winding up for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. I've got three main points to cover about this game. First one is there is absolutely no leadership in Paul Hanlon as a Hibs captain. And I'm going to get slated for that on Twitter and I'm going to take it. But Saturday is the prime example of that. Um, he is a good he's a good player, right? I'll give him his due. He's a good player, a good 70 Hibs, whatever. But it was a countless number of times on Saturday that I looked around and then they're you know, walking the ball and Hanlon's like, where is the ball? And he's no like got urgency, like get up. Mm-hmm. And in their third goal, he tells Nathan Wood to go with him, and they both get pulled out of position, and then United are in for the third goal. Yeah, it's like what's going on here? Like Captain, mm-hmm. fantastic. Apparently, some people call him on Twitter. Captain, shite in my opinion. Uh, and <laughs> but I, <laughs> you can edit that. Oh, sorry, no, that's... <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not going through this. Edit in every two minutes. Stuff you say that you did, you didn't mean to say it. We're just rocking it because that, uh, that takes up too much of my time, lads. <laughs> uh, I'll start that bit again. I'll start that no, bit no, again. just go with it. Just go with all it. Just right, all right, all right. It's a strong opinions aye. podcast. Aye, it's a strong opinion, aye. all right. But to be honest, right, I, didn't, I, didn't, um, I didn't think we've got leaders in that team. Um, and Saturday is another prime example of that. Um, I think had McGregor, had McGregor played, um, we're probably sitting with a different result. And that's no... That's no... A, that's no... A, a thing on wood, but I think the I think the game was too big for like not the game. We're only playing Dun- we're playing Dundee United. Like it's not a derby, you know what I mean? But um I think I think Wood was maybe a bit shell shocked with how quick the game was, um yeah, to be honest. I, um, no, I do agree with that. Like and just to I, sort of interrupt, but I was saying that to David, like me and David were sitting talking about it. And I said your championship in England's like a completely different pace of game for what you play up here. And I think that did catch him out a bit. But one thing I was going to say, I'm picking up on your captain point, is I'm going back to the women's game here, is Joel. Like, Joel is always telling the girls what to do and rightly what to do. And that's it. I didn't see enough talking with the with, um, the lads against United. I didn't hear mm-hmm. enough talking. And people say, obviously, you shouldn't compare men and women's football. But it, and when it comes to that, it's just like 101. If you're a captain, you need to talk. And I think Joel's really good at that. Joel's really good at telling the girls what to do. Whilst Paul, I, I do like Paul as a player, but I just don't think like he needs to communicate more. He's just walking, mm-hmm. standing about like, oh, oh, oh my dame. You know, I it, should be it, talking, always talking. And that's what I like about the girls compared that to was, men's That team. was what was drilled into me as a young football player. I started playing football for a few years when I was five. And I got told, if you're in centre-back, you talk with the team. Because yeah. you're the last point to call before they get through to the keeper. And I, I think I think when you look at I don't like comparing players, but if you look at Rob Jones or if you look at other players like that that we've had, Saul Bamba, I can remember him vividly shouting every game. Ken, and it's no it's no hard to be like just to say like right, Newell, step up or step back. Ken, it's it's an easy wee shout. And I think that's what that's what Paul Hanlon misses for his game, and that's what frustrates me about him. Um, because I I really wish he would, and it's probably a pernickety thing to pick up on, but. I just want them to be more vocal. Um, Aye, it's a really interesting debate that because we've had the debate a few times on the podcast, and there is a there's a, if you sort of after like if you voice an opinion on Hamlin in terms of captaincy and that like it's if you it's almost like the mainstream view is if you have a negative opinion of the way he plays, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think you can be critical. Um, I, I think one thing as well, like leadership. I mean, you're three 0 down, and the team they look they look defeated, they look beat, 
well and truly beat even after the even after the first one. Yeah, you know there was no bounce back ability, and no one saying Christ like, can no one like, for me can, I'd have my eyes on the league table and thinking Christ we're slipping. You want an RC points here? Surely Dundee United at home. Um, yeah. we made oh, them yeah. look really really good. I would say, but yeah, the the Hanlon debate's an interesting one, and I think, you know, if you're if you share Charlie's opinion, I do think I'll, you'll be on the, you know, the receiving end of a lot of lot of Hibs fans um disapproval really. And but, I'm 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 willing to have that like conversation with you. Like it's just kind of it's just a bit like, and I think you're right, mate. You you there are very many views on Hanlon. I, I think he's a good football player. I just don't think he's Ken. I don't think he's captain material, and that's my opinion. And I respect other people's Ken. Um, the next point yeah, I was going to say. The next I was going to say you better be on. careful. Hanlon doesn't come out that glass door behind you. By the way, not here. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> next point behind I was going to say. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, you're no, the stadium, not. you know. <laughs> I wish. Uh, second, and it's going back to touch on what Jack was saying about the butcher days. But I counted five times when we are 2-0 down, where we get the ball to the to the middle of the park, then we turn back on ourselves. Oh, oh my God. How, so how many times? How, how are you meant yeah. to... Like, I get it. You start a game with the keeper, but it's so frustrating. You're 2-0 down, man. Just attack yeah. them. We didn't, do it, we didn't do it often enough. Is we didn't just drive the ball, man. And... Do you know what I think I've thought about that, so Charlie? Is I mentioned that a couple weeks ago in the podcast, but see, now teams are coming to play Hibs. Obviously, no Hibs are a good team. And they'll be probably pretty lucky to take a point off of us at home. Um, I've seen that from Livingston. I almost, I've seen it from um, St. Johnson, and I've seen it from um, Christ, who else have we played at home so far? St. Mirren. And for me, all these teams that are coming to East Road, they've got 11 men behind the ball. Yeah. The whole time. They're very, very, very hard to break down. I think we're really struggling with that at the moment. And that's why like balls are going back the way. And I'll be honest with you, mate, it's so frustrating for me to watch as well. And it comes back to that original point, the, the point I made there about their first goal, just someone off a shot. Aye. Exactly. It's so frustrating to watch. I, I find that so frustrating. It's like, we're, it's like we get to the edge of the box and we're like, right, where's the next pass? Like, there was a few times where folk are trying to thread the, kind of the Scott Allen ball through to mm. the strike. But just have a shot. It just frustrates the life of me, like, yeah. that we didn't oh. just... Uh, and on the subject of shot, Kevin Nisbet, eh? What about him? How lazy is he? That's the last point I want to make about that game. Mm, I, I am so frustrated with him now, and I think my patience wearing too thin with a striker that that doesn't that doesn't try. Doesn't he bother him. Do you know what I mean? And I, he's missing. He's missing his big pal Dodge. I get it because Dodge brings the best out of him because Dodge does that work. That a lot. Yeah. That like I think I appreciate Dodge a lot more that he's not on the team because of injury. Um, mm-hmm. I never thought I'd hear myself say that, um, but I think the work that Deutsch does is is going a bit missed now, and I think Nisbet on Saturday just didn't try, and he lost the ball almost every time, and he just was, had no desire to win it back, um, and that's no that's not what I want for a striker at Hibs. If you're not willing to if you're not willing to put the effort in for ninety minutes, first transfer offer that comes in, he can go in my opinion, no. and. And I, I would be happy if it's someone offering a million for him, they can go. I didn't want a player like that in my club. So I agree. I'm, I agree I'm just probably. I'm just frustrated about him. I think he's a he's a good goal scorer. We saw that at Ibrox, eh? But like he just doesn't do it or he just doesn't do it often enough. And it's like games like that where you know, we're at home, our home form was cracking last year and uh, our home form's 
very, very shaky now. So I think we just need we need Deutsch fit again. I know the talk is that he'll be back for the, the semi, which would be brilliant. That's a big boost if he does. Like, but there's a lot of games to play until that semi. Yeah, there is. You know, we've got Aberdeen next week, we've got Celtic midweek, mm-hmm. then we've got uh, Livingston, St Johnston, can teams like that that were we might be in and about that end of the table at this rate. Mm-hmm. Then he starts scoring goals and there's no goals coming. I was just, you go, mate. I was just going to say, I seen a tweet out on Twitter and someone said uh, that, uh, give credit to whoever it was that said it, but they said Kevin Nisbet was given major uh, Flo Canberry vibes. I, you know I, what? I, I get it. <laughs> I, I did get it. But it's the <laughs> arrogance to me. You know what I mean? And I keep, I'll come back to it again, but like Alexa in the game against Aberdeen, she, you've got to put your striker, it's about more than scoring goals. You've got to do a bit of work. Alexa, Alexa, she was going back, she was um, trying to win the balls in midfield and everything, and that's what you want at your striker. Nisbet just struts about the place, like, he, 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 no, a care in the world. I, think, I do get the Flo Canberry vibes of, I'm better than this club, and that's what you get the feeling of, I'm better than this. I tell you what, Kevin, if you want to go and join Flo at Sheffield Wednesday in the mid-table in League One, then be my guest, pal. You can do it because he thinks he's going to get a big move to England. He's going to get a big shock down there because they won't wear that attitude. They will not wear that attitude in England. It's too competitive in the champion. Obviously, I can tell from what he's been talking about and the sort of clubs looking at him that he wants lower half the Premier League or top half the Championship. You didn't get that if you didn't score. You know, you're, exactly. You don't score goals and you have that attitude. You can forget it because it's far too competitive at that end of the Premier League table and that end of the Championship table for him to be acting like that. And I tell you, he's going to be one of these players that if that does happen, then you know what league actually I think Nisbet would be quite suited to? And a lot of folk will probably like pillory me for this, but I think he'd be suited to somewhere in Spain because that's where you get that sort of attitude of I'm better than everybody else. Somebody like RCD Mallorca or somewhere like that, that's where Nisbet would get on quite well because every Spanish football is full of these arrogant strikers that strut about like they own the park. But I'm getting frustrated. I, I, I always like to give players chances, but I'm, I'm fed up with it. Honestly, I'm like, you've got to try. And I, I miss Doig so much because Doig is a work, your workhorse, typical workhorse striker. You know what I mean? Doig works for every ball. He gets things going. And that's and he brings out the best version of Nisbet. And I do get that. But at the same time, Nisbet should be bringing the best version of himself. And I, I want it to work. Now, I'll accept if you go on a wee run of no scoring goals, but you're still working. But see, when you're, you're just looking petty, attitude, oh, I can't be bothered today, then no. As I said, I agree with Charlie. Just take the first off that comes in for you in the winter window because you know why? You, we bring Mueller in, we maybe get another striker, another forward, and bit's no needed. And we've got a fully fit dodge. It's simple as that. I think one of the things that I've noticed and we mentioned before the podcast started, sort of started here was the fact that you don't seem to see the same intensity from them. Um, and the best example I can give to the listeners is when we played Motherwell away last season and we won 3-0. And it's the 95th minute. And uh, Nisbet does really well to win the ball back in the, the Motherwell half to then go ahead and get, you know, set up by uh, Stephen McGinn for the third goal. And it's like that level of work rate at that time. The match is already won. We're 2 0 up. Do you know what I mean? It's already won. He doesn't need to put in that extra bit of energy. It gives that extra 10% for us. Um, but he doesn't. And I just haven't seen enough of that, enough of that from him. And I kind of felt like him being away with Scotland and that, he would have came back and he would have thought, God, I've been in amongst like kind of like McTominay at Man United and McGinn at Aston Villa, um, 
Ken, uh, Big Lyndon Dykes and all that, and Che Adams, like, all these players just thinking, I want to get to their level. Like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to can get my all for Hibs and, 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 and have a really good season here and maybe move on with everyone's best wishes. Do you know what I mean? But I just didn't see that from him on Saturday. And I, I think it's a lot of folk listening might think we're having a go at him, but we're no because even the players are getting frustrated with him. Like, it showed you on the tele a wee bit, uh, Cadden have a, having a go. I was just, I was just about to say the same thing, I. Yeah, on his feet and he's not happy. He's greeting because it's not exactly where he wants it. Aye, and like, that's that's that says it all. Eh? Like if you're if you're a striker and you like put it there, you've got to move to there, Ken. Aye, but you've got to be on your toes in case the ball goes or takes a deflection, Ken. You've got to be ready and to move. And I just didn't see often enough in this, but to be honest, and that's that's really frustrating because I think there is a player there. I just didn't think the player is is what we are really needing up top. Eh? I think. But to be fair, we'll probably come on to it, but there's no other options, is there? I uh, we'll come on to that in a wee minute. Oh, I, just, I was just going to pull you back to, to have a quick chat about um, the bench. Like you're saying, there's no other options. Looking at the bench, it's pretty weak. It is. No, Jamie like, Gullen must be wondering to himself why he got a shot here. Eh? The thing is, right, and I did see something on Twitter, but... Jack Ross clearly doesn't rate the lad, and that's no for us to say because we're not the manager. I would like to see Gillen get his chances, but if the manager doesn't like him, the manager doesn't like him. That's we've got to accept. That. Aye. Right. This is time to pull this out. I've done a wee bit of research, right? <laughs> I'm off this week, so I've got had a wee bit more time to pay. Uh, too much time on your hands, in other words. <laughs> yes. Right. So Jamie Gillen, right? A lot of people are shouting for Jamie Gillen to come on, and a lot of folk are saying, why is James Scott came on the pitch before Jamie Gillen? So I've had a look at them. Uh, Jamie Gillen was at Rafe Rovers' his last club uh, on loan from Hibs from 2019 to 2021, right? 40 games he played, he scored 13 goals, right? You've got James Scott um, from his time at Motherwell from 2017 to 2020, uh, 36 games and four goals. And then his time at Hull from 2020 to present date, 26 games and two goals. So I think it's a wee bit of a, you know, I think it's a, where, where is the evidence to suggest that these guys are going to fire in the goals for us? Because to me, I think even that, even, even I, I mean, I, I don't think Gillen's had a, a real crack at the whip. Uh, I don't think he's had a great, a great shot at trying to play for Hibs, but Ken, Ken, what do you do? He must be. He, he must not be training. Like there must be someone that he's doing wrong in training, or none of them are brilliant goal scorers. By the by, no, those no, there's no. there's there, there's obviously a reason he's not getting a game. And like Jack says, we are not Jack Ross. We didn't see him training day in day out, whatever. But there's part of me thinking like, what? Jamie Guller must just be happy to sit on that bench and pick a wage up. Like Ken, what is he? He must be what 22, 23? Like you're getting, to, you're getting to that end, that stage of your career where you need to press on a wee bit, and I don't know if there there's talks in the pipeline for him to go maybe on loan again in January, but can loans not going to do you anything because you're coming back to the same scenario after the summer? So I think, as much as it pains me to say it, because I think there is a player there, I think it's probably very very close to us cutting our losses with him. To be fair, but um, even teams like St Johnston have got more depth at that position than us. Exactly. I mean, they've got Ken, Chris Kane, they've got Stevie May, they've got uh, O'Halloran that can come on. Do you know what I mean? Like, look at our depth. 
Aye, and I think that was the that was the biggest frustration for me in the summer. Anyways, like we never really came with Brian James Scott, but we never really brought anyone else. Ken Motherwell and that as well, like Ken Tony Aye, they, goes for fun now, like and Van Veen's doing the business. And if you look at Hearts, like they've got they've got a few options. Celtic have got a few. Obviously, Celtic are Rangers of options, but Dundee United have got options as well. And it's like teams of booters have all got options, and we have uh, Kevin Nisbet. James Scott and Jamie Gillen have it's fun- now, but it's funny for me though because I feel like the striking department at Hibs is something we've been weak over the last couple of years. Like Doidge is good, Nisbet is a good player. When he wants to be. Aye. I mean, they didn't show up in the big games for me though. Kim I, I don't know if he's just scored against Rangers and I'm talking about the Hearts games, the semi-finals. That's where I want my players. That's where Ken the big players should stand up and be counted. And for me, I mean, look at that. Camberry, he didn't do it. Um, you know, McNulty didn't do it. Who else McNulty is there? Didn't do it. You know, I well, McC- I was going to say McLaren, but be fair, he had his McLaren. Moments, but... McLaren done it against Vans. I uh, think go back to McLaren and sort of Simon Murray were the last two I can think of that were actually decent. These yeah, were even, even even before that. You're talking Griffiths and O'Connor, Cummins, Stokes, uh, Cummins, Stokes sorry, in Cummins, the championship. Cummins, Cummins, I definitely. Do you know what I mean? I think I think I think uh, we've been a wee bit starved in that department for the last couple of years. Like we have been. You've, like, you've got to ask yourself the question though, eh? Like, why did we not go in for Lauren Shankland? Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. That's one that I was shocked at. Like, he's because he's doing quite well. Even though his team's bottom of the league in Belgium, he's doing quite well out there. And that's, maybe that's why we never went in for him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Relegation battle at Beerschot, but he's doing quite well. In Belgium, to be honest, is a well, it technically on paper is a higher standard league than Scotland. It's well above this SPFL in the um, league rankings in Europe. So you got to wonder why do we not go in for a player? Like, but I think Shankland is a special player. And if you partnered him up with Nisbet or Deutsch, you definitely would have been getting something good there. But I just think, like, aye, we didn't recruit um, well enough in that department. And I just think you've got so many good players in Scotland to go in for. And I think the thing is, and I think this is part of the reason. You know, obviously, I, I don't know the ins and outs, and I'm not going to comment on things like this, but my mafia left because I think what Ron Gordon wants, you can tell face some of the transfer rumours and some of the partnerships that we'd be making, that Ron Gordon wants us to be looking at Eastern Europe, South America, because he knows those he knows those areas. Like Eastern yeah. Europe, you've got, it's a gold mine. I can tell you that right now. Eastern Europe, especially leagues like Bulgaria, Serbia, Bosnia, they're Russia even, or Ukraine. They're gold mines. Aye, but how do they Ron adapt to, to the that? Scottish game? And they, they do have an, an like, I know this because I watch Russian Premier League, Ukrainian Premier League. It's very physical. It's more physical than Scotland. Also, when you've got these like, the kind of uh, shaved head, black t-shirt ultras uh, on your back, I think you can deal with some wee jambo. Going, <laughs> you know, I think when you're getting flares and coins pelted at you in the back ass of Kiev, I think you can deal with a wee jambo uh, annoying you every five seconds. But no, I think that. Um, these players have enough for the Scottish game. And like going to South America, again, another gold mine. I said Ron Gordon knows those leagues. He grew up in Peru. He talked about it on that Ike Galasso podcast, like watching like teams like Estudiantes and everything in Peru. You know, he, he knows in Colo Colo, he knows those leagues because he's shopped around there before. And I think that's what we need because I think you bring these players into Scotland. And I know people say, oh, South America, Ulysses, De La Cruz. It's no go there. But <laughs> I, I think I think these players have the potential in Scotland, and I do think they so these players in Eastern Europe. Because, like I said, these Eastern European leagues are gold mines, and a lot of other uh, 
leagues have cracked on it. You've seen the championship in England. They've bought a few players in for the likes of Ukraine or Belarus and you know other leagues in Europe like Germany, Portugal, Spain, they've all cracked on it as well. So I think it's definitely a market that we should be looking at. And they've got some very decent, as we learned away with Aika, they've got some very decent players out there. Mm. Uh, it's definitely something that we need to address well. Aye. Maybe even pre-contract in January for somebody that's out of contract in the summer. But I think we need we need something else. Up we need a striker. We need something to get the, something that says we're here, you know, uh, we mean business because the, the the depth isn't good enough. I think at that position in particular, uh, Matt, it, it goes it goes back to that. It goes back to that point I made earlier. Though, eh? there's still loads of games to play until January. Oh no, I well, that's why like, we're struggling to kill games off. I oh d- d- and even like when we're okay, even like two 0 up, you're like if we are two 0 up in a game, you're anchoring yourself. Like if they score, they're back in it. Exactly. And that's obviously that's the way football goes, but. I'm just no confident with this. With, there's something about this Hibs team this season that if we go 1-0 up, I'm like, we're not winning this. Ken? It was the same when we went 2-1 up against St Mirren. I'm like, there's something about this that I'm like, we're not going to win this, Ken? Well, you know, finally enough, we were talking about it. He's Charlie was sitting with me. At that I, I, was saying, <laughs> I, I was saying to you, a St Mirren goal's coming when we were 2-1 up. And look at what I, you could see it. Um, and I don't know. Mm. And I think um, going back to the... I know I'll backtrack a wee bit, but going back to the... How many headed goals did we concede in the league last year? Did anyone can? Uh, it's none. None. How many have we conceded this year? <laughs> practically all. Sure. Practically all our goals that we've conceded. I uh, probably minus two or something. Um, so we, I think we need to definitely address that side of things as well. But I think that'll come with that'll well. Hopefully it comes soon. But again, it's, we're leaking goals a lot, yeah, which is a concern. I just to bring it back to the defence as well, I just wanted to add in, obviously Nathan Wood made his debut and it wasn't the debut of dreams, but I've seen a few, it's really different from watching it, watching it on the telly, by the way, if you're watching it uh, at the game. So I'm probably not as uh, opinionated as you, but I thought he made some good tackles, some dangerous tackles, like, but it may look like a bit of a hard man for what I'd seen. I mean, he was flying into tackles, um, he looked like a big strong laddie, like, but. Um, obviously it wasn't the debut dreams what, what was your thoughts on him then too, the occasion was too big we kind of talked about it already but the occasion was kind wasn't he too big for him do you think he just got a wee bit surprised by the tempo of the game and you know maybe how good Dundee United were perhaps I'll start off and I'll say like I actually I actually quite liked how he performed like, I know it wasn't his best and it's probably not the best we could get him I was actually alright with him I thought he, he put like you said he flew into some decent tackles and he um, you know, did some good stuff. There was a wee good wee bit of skill at points there, but I definitely agree. I think like the, the intensity United were playing, I think that caught him off guard a bit because that's not what he'll be used to playing in England. He'll only really be used to that sort of level um, of physicality getting the Scottish game. But I actually thought he was all right, and there's more to come from him. I think you know a, a lot of people maybe think it's a bit controversial. But I think when Portis is back, I'd like to see him and Portis partner up together. Those two hungry young centre halves that aren't afraid to get stuck in. You know, I think that's good because we, I've, I've said it before, we need to change for the old guard, uh, Hanlon and McGregor. I think, that's the thing, like, I think Hanlon, maybe a wee bit of time on the bench for Hanlon just to sort of, you know, get... I don't know, do that though. He's club captain, eh? There's no I way know he's club that. captain, but you've got to look... I'm just saying this is my opinion, but oh, you've got to, I'd, like to, I'd like to see the two young lads play together because that's what... I think we've got to get away for the old guard. It'd be good to see those two young centre-half playing together and both of them I think Portis and Wood are very very similar players in terms of like mm-hmm. their physicality and their hunger in games I'd like to see the two of them play together when Portis is back from suspension but I thought Wood was alright 
he made a few mistakes, but then again, was he forced into those mistakes by what the rest of the team were doing? You've got to look at it like that, but it wasn't the debut he would have wanted, and I know he'll be wanting to improve himself. Um, yeah, don't think the team helped him out at all, way exactly. everyone else performed as well. I think my biggest... Oh, sorry, Jack. No, no, you go, Charlie. I'm, 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 I, would, I uh, think um, my... I think he had an alright game. I don't think the the slating on social media is justified. I think every there wasn't anyone in that team that got past Max. So to pick out Nathan Wood as the weak link was a bit of a strange one for me. But um, I think the biggest, not frustration, but the biggest question that was on my mind all the time was he. I think his his option as soon as he got the ball was to try and play the diagonal Chabi Alonso pass that never really paid off. I think there was three or four times where he just pinged out the park, and I think. That's maybe because that's what Hanlon does as well. Eh? You, you only, I think when you're a centre-back, you watch how your centre-back partner works and you copy. Um, and I think Hanlon loves loves that wee diagonal ball and it works most of the time. But I think for Wood, it was it just didn't pay off. And, um, but I, I, think he, I think he had an alright game. I think, obviously, you're not expecting him to be a world-beater on game one. So I think it'll take time for him to bleed in. But like, I agree, Jag, I think... We run with him and Porteous in the team. Might do Hanlon a bit good. Might do Porteous a bit good to have a different partner. But you can. You, I, I can't see Jack Ross dropping the captain. Nah, he um, I was going to add in as well. Uh, Neil Warnock came out in the papers this week and he said he wasn't really happy with the transfer that Nathan would got two hibs. Um, his agent, his agent. Don't know if any of you seen this, but he was saying that his agent obviously sent him up to hibs to get game time in that, and he said he's not even started one game. This was prior to the weekend's match there. And he's a bit annoyed because they've got a crisis with their defenders at the moment. They've got, I think he's at Middlesbrough, they've got 500 defenders. Uh, so he, he can't even recall them. He was looking to recall them, but he can't. So that's, a, that's, a, there, eh? that's a transfer masterclass for whoever pulled that off the hips. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, that's Warnock's uh, well, opinion as well, but he's not too happy with the amount of time game time he's getting up at Easter Road anyway. Yeah, but I don't think Warnock I, ever happy. He's not yeah, a happy man. True. He's a very angry man. But no, I actually agreed with what he said. Like that's a young lad that's got a huge future ahead of him if he can get that his big opportunity. Because look at your captain England under twenty, and I've seen some weird comments on Twitter like, oh, but under twenty is near where the elite players play. That explains why like Rio Ferdinand and that used to be good for under twenty eight. <laughs> but I saw some weird Getting capped by England at any level is good. I'm sorry, like I, I hate to say it as a Scotsman, but they are a good team at every level. For uh, the, the youth all the way up to the senior first side. Um, so you know you're getting capped for England, and you're captain England at any level. You're obviously not a crap player, are you? Not all that. Who the under twenty is now the elite players go. I don't know. Like, are you the England coach? I don't know. But anyway, so I think some folk think they're Pep Guardiola. Some of the stuff they come away with, but. Um, no, I think as Charlie put it, that's some take. But um, I, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't agree with any of those comments at all. The lad is good, and I agree with Warnock actually. You know, he's come up here to get game time. He's not getting it, and I think obviously we'll have to play him at all. I, I'd actually like to see Daz. I mean, we'll, we'll go on to talk about him. We'll talk about Aberdeen. I'd like to see Daz up at um, Pitlodge because mind when we played them, um, and the got a third. He was immense. He was immense. For Pitlodge. I will probably come on to in a bit, but for Patojie, I'd play Hanlon. I'd play Hanlon and McGregor, to be honest. Because remember, like how, like I said, he was immense against Aberdeen, the game that sealed us third last yeah. season. I know. So, what message did that send to the young man to to Wood? You know You're I mean? right. You're right. To put you in a rock in a hard McGregor. place. 
I know again. I know Hanlon wouldn't get dropped, but even Wood and McGregor, that would be an interesting combo. What's to stop us not going three at the back and play Wood, Porteous, and McGregor, and then have Doig and Boyle as your wing backs like we did last year, and then got a stud? I'm surprised he's. Think, I'm surprised he's not resorted back to that formation yet this season. He Does might it work. He might. Aye, and I think he's going to be forced might, into it. Let's be, be honest. Oh, like. definitely, definitely. He's yeah, going to be forced into it. get injured though. Who's coming on after that? Well, well, I could come on. Up, I <laughs> I'll take my boots up with me, just in case. I think if we can, if we can, um, if we can uh, find some loophole in the SFA rules, we'll try and get uh, Shannon well, Eastman on. Because I thought if you, if you look at the, if you look at the bench we'll try and find a loophole, get Shannon Eastman playing. If you look at that bench facade, the Gogic can play centre back. Obviously, I don't think he will play centre back, but. That's the only, that's the only other that. option. No, I wouldn't either, but that's the only other option we've got yeah, as well as McGregor. Right, Sorry. Oh, Sorry, you go, mate. Gogic is like, hasn't he covered himself in glory so far mm-hmm. this season? So, nah. I don't think it's maybe not the best idea. I think stick, keep him to being a midfielder, to be honest, because he's a bit too shaky for me to be put in at centre-half. Aye, listen, uh, right, let's, we should move on to the next topic because we're away into the Aberdeen segment already. Um, right, so obviously at the end of that last week's, uh, this week's defeat, uh, Jack Ross came under some criticism and he said in his interview that we were the worst version of ourselves. We're very slow and lazy and selfish at times. Um, he said that he was obviously happy to receive the criticism because ultimately the blame falls with him. Um, do you think it's justified, or do you think there's been a massive overreaction on social media? I'm glad. I'm glad Jack Ross. I'm glad Jack Ross can say how it was because it was everything he said. But I think the reaction's totally unjustified. Like fans are calling for his head. Like, come on. Yeah, so we're, accept, a... we're accepting me- accepting mediocrity for keeping Jack Ross. But I forgot that when we had Colin Calderwood, we were world beaters right enough. But um, anyway, let's say that. I think the I think Jack Ross, the buck doesn't fall at him, to be fair. He put the team out. He doesn't yeah. throw the boots on. I think it's we the players. Strong team too. Players, the, players, um, the players at the end of the day are there to win the game, and they didn't. So, exactly. Not, obviously, he only made one sub, but he never really had that. It was only one. Aye. He never really had any options, and I think that goes back to the whole recruitment. But... I, I don't think Jack Ross um, is to blame by the any stretch of the as well, This is the, the lowest we've been in the league for over a year. We're fifth place. You can't, like, I'm going to give my sort of uh, tuppings worth on all this with Jack Ross, and I don't think you can blame the manager for that. See if players didn't show up. You could have had Pep Guardiola in that dugout yesterday, and we still, uh, yesterday on Saturday, and we still would have lost. Because if the players didn't show up, the players didn't try. The manager kind of didn't put it. He can try his best to try and go, come on, lads, you've got to do better. If they're no, if their heads aren't in it, no point. That's as simple as that. And you can't blame Jack Ross. I love Jack Ross. I'll admit sometimes we didn't do too well. But I think he's a good manager and he provides us consistency. That's what we need. And I think the people calling for his head, just, it's no football manager. It's no FIFA. <laughs> you, you didn't get a wee board rating where you get sacked after <laughs> if you go into the red or anything like that. It's not like that. And I'm just going to say this now. It's, it's always a certain segment of our fan you're accepting mediocrity uh, what is like what's mediocrity about it okay we've lost one game um badly well I'm sure we'll improve I'm sure we'll learn from it because Jack's that sort of manager and I can say I'm a big supporter of Jack Ross and I'll 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 be happy to admit that and um I think he's been getting a lot of abuse I saw a lot of abuse as well and like I said 
you get called a happy clapper if you didn't abuse well if you didn't abuse the manager, but you know, if you get didn't catch if no abusing the manager makes me a happy clapper, then I'm the happiest happy clapper of them all, honestly. Because I just don't like mm-hmm. that at all. You know, the man the man's done a lot for us. Like look at him coming in for Heckenbottom. I've said this before. You know, that's no way to treat the manager, and especially since it was the players. And folks said, but he picked those players. Do you, do you want to um, pick the team? It's not an easy job. And I'll say it before, it's not like football manager. It's not like FIFA. You know, you've, it's such a hard job. And I, I have nothing but admiration for Jack Ross. I really like Jack Ross. A lot of folks will probably say, oh, you love Jack Ross. He's not going to... You know, I, I do like Jack Ross. And I think he's a genuine guy as well. And you can tell, like, he gets frustrated when we defeats like that. But... Like I said, I agree with Charlie. Well done for him to, for saying that because I know a lot of managers that wouldn't say that, that wouldn't come out like that. And I know because you get ones like Gerard after their loss to United at Tannadice, Gerard was all you know all over the place. At least Jack Ross was calm, collected, and said it as he saw it. I appreciate that as well. So, I fair play. I think a lot of the criticism is unjustified and a lot of the abuse. I've got to say this now: mm-hmm. if you're abusing our manager, you're not a real fan. I'm sorry. You can criticise, but you don't need to f and see about it on Twitter. If you're criticising our manager, then he darken the doors of Easter Road. I mean, abusing. Imagine if you're abusing our manager, then he darken the doors of Easter Road again. Then he need folk like that. You can mm-hmm. criticise, but you can't abuse. That's all I've got to say on it. Well said, mate. I think it's an overreaction as well. I think, you know, I realistically, it's quite a strong league this year. I think that. Decent. It's not where we'd want to be, but I tell you what, being a Hibs fan and watching Hibs over the years, it's, it's we, 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 10, 10 odd years ago, we'd have loved fifth place, we'd have thought that was all right, Ken. Um, and as I said, this is, you know, the, the lowest we've been in the league in 40 odd games, uh, to the best part of a year. So it's no, it's not, it's not, it's not absolute dire straits. I mean, these things happen. Um, but I know, I think it's a, a massive overreaction. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Let's kind of get back into the Aberdeen game. So we're going to play Aberdeen, who are in ninth place. Uh, they've not won a game in over five games. Last five, they've lost them all. Um, what I have, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll start with this one. What needs to change? I don't think anything needs to change. I think we just need to get back on the bike and go again. I just think this is just a freak result. We're right off. I think Hibs are a good team. Um, I think Aberdeen are also a good team. I think, you know, they're a wounded animal at the moment and that could be when they're most dangerous. Uh, their fans were singing for Glass's head at the weekend. Um, but they've got good players throughout that team. I mean, they've got the likes of Ken Detlin, Gallagher, Scott Brown, that Ramirez guy, the, the American guy, um, Johnny Hayes, the, the Ferguson, Ken. They're, they're not a bad side, like. Um, but I do think, I do think Hibs just need to just put that one behind us and get back on the bike and, and you know, talk, like, go at it again. Yeah. I, just looked, I just looked at the their form, mate. There's no one in 11. So with that, well done, Aberdeen, on your three points on Saturday. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the, to be honest, mate, it's the perfect time for them to play, are they? They usually do beat us at Pataudry, to be fair. But I think if we've got... If we're going to win on Saturday, I think we just need to... I think we just need to shoot more often. I think that's one. I think that's one way to put it down to. I think where we look, we look a bit dejected, devoid of ideas. Sorry, at times. So I think just maybe even a wee shot here or there. But I think, um, I think we can go there and beat them. To be honest, I think um, especially if there's no one in eleven, I think it's a good time for us to play them as well because we can. You know, we've no one in three or I, I three. 
we've not won in three. So I think it's a good time to play them and get back on the winning way, but it's also a good time for them to play us because we usually go up there and get beat. So I think if we're going to have, if we're going to win, I think we need to just take some shots when they come up, then the opportunity arises. I completely agree with everything the both of you said. I think I wouldn't change anything in the team. Only thing that's got to change is the attitude. You know, I think we've got to go up there and show yeah. up. And I agree with Charlie, we've got to shoot more. But I have not got anything to add to that. You've both summed that up perfectly for me. I've got all the covered all the points I was going to say. I I think you, I think we've got to just be a wee bit, a wee bit we have a wee bit more of a Ken like a, a wee bit more of an attitude. But it's like Ken team should be scared to play us. You know, we yeah. didn't have that about ourselves. We're, we're, we're too nice. I feel like we should we could be a bit nastier and go up to Aberdeen and think, Trace, we've got to go up there and batter them. Um, you know, have on the on the on the plus team. side, it is, it is away for him. So our away form this season is better better than our home form, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but about 50 50, I think. I guess it's no, it's too early to tell which is better. Aye. Aye. But I, I think aye, hopefully, see. hopefully we get a but I you can you can see it already. Quarter five on Saturday, Aberdeen two, Hibs nil, or something like that. But well, listen, it could be worse. You could be undefeated and still no top of the league. <laughs> you, know you, could, you, could you could also be undefeated. Down, second you could also place. You can also slate your city neighbours for celebrating a draw and do the exact same at Ibrox on Saturday. But that's not for me to comment on. Yeah, that's uh, that's a different bit. It was all very much like <laughs> oof wins with Angels and Hearts. So. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on to that. We didn't, we didn't want the Rangers keyboard warriors coming out, eh? So, uh, I know, but there's a good line. I've been saying that to my mates. A lot of my mates have been saying, do you, do you honestly tell me the truth during Hearts could win the league? And I'm like, no. no. We've you're, been here before. You're, un, you're unbeaten and you're in second place. You're We've been before. Um, I think it was a certain Mr. Craig Levine that was the manager and they thought they'd won the league in September and didn't they? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the eighth, seventh or eighth they finished that season. So, uh, Aye, and like yeah, we've been here before. I know, but uh, listen, anyway, enough about them. Right, let's get on to our next segment because this podcast must be on for about a freaking hour and a half already. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long year. If you're uh, not falling asleep, uh, you get 50% off at the Hibs Club store. That's not official. I'm just, I didn't care my head. Yeah, anyway, there you go. You got a bucket hat. You bucket hat, aye. Um, you use code Gillies to get 10% off. There you go, aye. Uh, our newest segment, I'm actually looking for this one. Uh, kit numbers, it's kind of died a wee bit of a death um, because, you know, once you get to kit number 30, I mean, there are players that have maybe only made one or two appearances for the old high bees. So we'll maybe bring that back later on or maybe just never revisit it again. I don't know. But we're actually moving on to our new segment called Get in the Bucket, which is a wee reference to Jacko's bucket hat. Um, and what we're going to do is sort of put like unpopular opinions, uh, things that you want to see in the bin or the bucket, i.e. the hat, just to explain the terminology where it comes from. Um, so I'll kick us off. Uh, I've used what, what we'll do is we'll go around and we'll say something, an opinion each, something that irritates us that we'd like to, uh, with Hibs or in general in terms of football worldwide that you'd like to see get in the bucket. Right, well, I'll start with uh, getting the bucket. Also, I hope the BBC don't sue us for copying them one one in a minute. <laughs> Um, Did it, is that a thing? Aye. Yeah, no, no, I never, never heard it. Never heard it. So, Matt, I think the, the thing that sort of can, uh, the thing that should, can sort of get in the bucket um, for me this week is definitely um, people that um, call the Bundesliga a farmers league, and I, I think I've, I'm being very, very passionate. But this can get in the bucket because the Bundesliga is excellent, 
I don't know like why people don't say, and yeah, Bayern win it all the time, but I think it's a high quality league. And German football gets so many things right off the pitch, like ticket prices, the way the fans are treated, yeah. and like the atmospheres as well. So, like anybody that calls it a farmers league, I'd much rather watch um, Hertha play Augsburg than go to Liverpool against Man United because I tell Aye, you what, less you that, Jack, less you that. <laughs> atmosphere. I'm saying now. The atmosphere, a, a relegation battle game in Germany it tends to be better than most Premier League Oh, you're games. right. Oh, you're right. So, I that's, that's the people that call uh, Germany, or call the Bundesliga a Farmers League can get in the bucket. Aye, get in the bucket. Charlie, what's your one? Uh, get in the bucket. Uh, oh, yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I've got so many. Oh no, let's try and keep this clean now. <laughs> uh, I think getting um, get the bucket as it was announced last week half 12 kickoffs for an Edinburgh derby on a Monday afternoon. Get in the bucket, yeah, that's brutal. That uh, and the only reason I say that is because I think it's like, what is it, the 3rd of January or yeah. something like that? It's a what's, the, what's the difference between playing? On the third and the second, there's no difference. So for uh, that, TV right or something, eh? I think. Uh, Sky, here we go. Sky Sports get in the bucket. Then he come yep. back. Sky uh, Sports. Uh, I'll I'll not do the thing again. So I don't want to mess my hair up. But um, <laughs> beyond <laughs> what it's already been. But no, I agree <laughs> with that. Like Sky are moving that probably to show Watford against Brentford or something like that instead of an Edinburgh derby. They'd rather show some mid-table Premier League game than an Edinburgh derby on Sky Sports main event. Okay, I can't English football man. I, I, I just, I hate it, man. Um, right, my one is uh, get in the bucket. Folk that say, well, uh, at least we've got the big TVs uh, after, <laughs> after <laughs> like Give the tellies a break. The tellies are good. <laughs> but actually, a lot of folks saying that, oh, at least, at least, at least we've got big TVs. It's like, come on, get, get a rest, man. That's more than what most teams just, are. It's quite, it's quite interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this and, you know, do you expect more from the players on the pitch? Because, see, I, I would say this last two years, Hibs, especially over lockdown and that, I would say Hibs, the media team and that, and, like, all other aspects of Hibs and other branches of Hibs, like, you know, the social media side, the marketing side, I feel all of that have really upped their game. And it yeah, seems yeah, like it they're been. doing such excellent work that I think the players on the pitch should be doing really excellent work as well and I think it's just a wee bit like actually other departments in and around Hibs are actually just doing a much better job than they have in the past uh, and I think that makes me think that Hibs are better than they are don't know what That's you think I, 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 agree. I agree but people that say oh at least we've got the big screens it's, it's more than what um, a certain other Edinburgh team has at their stadium so uh, yeah I think the big the big screens are good I like them it's um, some good some good entertainment on there um, I think should definitely start putting us up on there at half time. Then again, like more Could people you? would be more people would be leaving than what happened when United <laughs> scored their third goal with that. Um, Aye, that place empty, eh? <laughs> that, that, what is it? The, the beat the traffic Cubs supporters club at it again. I was part of that on Saturday. Anyway, listen, I um, we can I, see you sneaking. <laughs> I, I stayed Aye. to the end because, uh, well, mainly because I didn't really want to go home, and uh, <laughs> partly because. Um, I didn't really want. Well, wait because I didn't. Couldn't you bother waiting for a train? Um, but nah. I'd uh, off. I'd off my cap staying to the end of that. But I, I think um, the big, the big screen chat. Get in the bin. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I agree. Right, get in the bin. Uh, right, 
Well, listeners' questions. Uh, Simon McKenzie, 1875, friend of the pod, said, I wasn't able to go and didn't watch the highlights. In your opinion, what went wrong and what would you have changed? The lineup information, etc. I think we've kind of covered that, lads. Eh? Well, if I could add something, I would have changed the fact that I didn't go or watch the highlights as well. So, I, well done, <laughs> for missing that. Fair enough. <laughs> I would have started me. Uh, that's that's the only thing I would have changed the lineup. Me, me, and, uh, me and David up front, that would have been a dead nah, would. I don't think you could have changed anything about it. I'm joking. I'm joking. Moving on. Uh, Andy maybe, Rod- sorry, one thing I'd say is like maybe Alan could have played like he may, uh, what I noticed is he was playing too close to Niz, but if you see what I mean, like he wasn't even he, really, was, he, he was, was also uh, sort of goes into the gap. Playing, playing too close to the ref at one point. Hey, do you see that? I did. That should have been a that's a drop ball, by the way, didn't it? Range ah, okay. referees have been shocking across all games that I've been at this weekend. Uh, like, like I was saying before we came on, Edinburgh City keeper, she got sent off for falling onto the ball. I've never seen that before. No mm, right. Um, I I think we sort of said it was a very strong lineup in that in the formation, and that was probably as good as Jack could have put it there. And I think that team was good enough to beat them. I just think it was an off day. Um, right, Andy Rogers. Uh, with injuries and suspensions, are there nothing really? Sorry, and nothing really on the bench to change anything. Do you think the transfer window was good enough? Personally, I think we should have added more players. Hence the massive departure. Touched on that a wee bit as well, but I think this week think we need a an our striker. The depth, it's, the depth that uh, striker isn't good enough for me. Yeah, I, um, see, I agree. Poor man, very poor window. Like... Well, not very poor window because we kept some of our best assets, but. Like I think um, Porteous and that, but probably need another right back. I would say, and I cried out for that in the summer. But yeah, no. But I'm... then, but, well, they get getting No, like I think because um, they're both been they're, they've both been a bit suspect in recent recent games. But you didn't want to just be like, oh, he's suspect, get another one in. I think they're two good players. Aye. I just think Cadden's better attacking sure. than defensively. And then vice versa with McGinn. Aye, but, aye, aye. Um, one thing I'd say, like, I forgot to mention it earlier on, but it's sort of um, very, cheers to Andy for asking that question, because it sort of brought it back up for me, is, like, we're talking about the bench. I would give some of the lads that are doing well, like, how Josh O'Connor doesn't at least get on the bench, I don't know. Because right. he's doing so well for the under-18s, or the under-21s right now. Like, he scored, and I think, scored against Hamilton, scored against, because um, I keep up to date with, like, uh, Big Ken Patrick for the Edinburgh Evening News. I've got to give him a shout out. So without him, I wouldn't care about our reserves. Eh? Um, like he's been doing so well. How does he not get on the bench when we know we have a shortage short in that position? Because I bring Josh on and say you give him 20 minutes in a game or 10 minutes, I'm sure he'd you know do something productive in that time. So I would mm-hmm. I would like to see Josh and some of the other academy lads that are doing well get their chances on the bench. Uh, there's a couple of other good. Uh, I'm I'm a wee bit wary, Joshua Connor. I'm no buying into the hype too much. Just my personally, I just feel like I will never seen him play once. Like so, Ken, didn't he? Didn't he take anything? I see. That cool. was in a sort of makeshift side. You've got to admit, like that was a mix as teams. Like you know what I mean? Like you're picking lads all over the academy, and there was a few like bench players for the first team. If you see what I mean, in that game, is eh? that was a Dunbar game, eh? Aye, I'm thinking there was the and there was a few trialists in there as well. Aye, I just feel like he was good, but I feel like uh, there's a lot of folk that got quite frustrated with him because he's quite selfish. Uh, in the game I watched anyway, he was shooting up a lot for everywhere, which See, is probably what we need a wee bit. But the young lad, the young lad that played up front with him as well, Connor Young, he was a good player. Like yeah, he, and he was. Got, getting, um, 
they were at each other eh, because he was saying Connor was saying to him pass the ball pass the ball and I tell you what I think you really need to nurture young O'Connor as well because he's got he carries a name Ken, he's a bit of target on his back with his old man being who his old man was Aye. Uh, oh, even in that game man. I've seen a lot of folk leave one on him do you know what I mean yeah no I, I agree completely I agree. Really nurture him a wee bit some lads like we've, we've let a few young lads out on loan to civil service strollers that have been quite good as well that I'm sad that we've sort of no given their chances because one of the boys I can't mind his name we've just let him out but he played for civil service at the weekend there and actually did really well for them and I think these lads deserve their shots on the bench because you know these are the future generation inputs you've got you know like look at Ryan Porteous he's the top example of the academy and then going over to the women's team I know it's not really relevant to this point but going over to the women's team you've got Ailey Adam Siobhan Hunter so the academy does provide good players so you've got to give these boys the chances or else they're not going to develop. Yeah. And at a team like Civil Service Strollers in the fourth division, you're only going to get so much out of that player. Aye. I think going to the academy point, though, Jack, in the past, what, maybe 15 years, maybe 20, how many players have come through that academy and have stuck at Hibs? That's true. but Like, that's... I, I can see why they're not getting their chance, but you're right. When we've got a striker issue, Josh O'Connor, get on the bench. Exactly, because right. I think the lad will prove him. So I know what Calvin said, but I think there was a bit of that team. He wasn't used to some of the players in that team, eh? And that, because it was quite a makeshift lineup for that friendly against Dunbar. Oh, for sure. So I think you put him in with guys that he's used to, because he's quite close friends with a lot of the boys in the first team as well, obviously, because he's dad and he's a fan mm-hmm. and everything. So I think, you know, you've got to give him his chance, and I'd love to see it. And I know, I'm not just saying it because it's O'Connor, you know, because we, we'd be going doing the Sam Stanton route there at that <laughs> point, but he is a decent player and there is a there is a future star there mm. I definitely agree right uh, Lewis Connor just one for you Jack in terms of the girls match thought that was one of the best stroke dominant performances of the season could we could have been double figures thought uh, Cav played well player of the match for me uh, so just more of a agreeing rather than a question just saying that he enjoyed uh, Kalit Kavanaugh's uh, yeah. performance yeah, love- weekend I think, I no, I mean, it's, it's good to talk about the women's team because um, obviously a lot more positive result, but and plus, you know, everybody knows like how invested I am in the women's team. But I, no, Cal was fantastic. I think Shannon Leishman as well. Like Shannon Leishman's an unsung hero in that team. You know, I've talked to her up so many times, but she really is. She's a fantastic player, Shannon Leishman. The amount of running she was doing um, was fantastic. Like she was just, you know, involved in just about anything we were doing well, she was involved in and she was no afraid to launch herself into tackles. Amy Muir as well, but I agree, Cav, for me, was player of the match. She was fantastic. Like I said, that's why she's called the Ginger Ronaldinho. She's called that for a reason. She's fantastic. Like, skill mm. and the sort of pace she has is just fantastic. But I, I think double figures is going a bit too far. I think double figures are going a bit too far. I just said we, we deserve four or five. The scoreline definitely flattered Aberdeen. Like Aberdeen were really flat-footed, but I, I definitely agree. Like I said that earlier on, that is our best performance this season, definitely. You know, and even though the Spartans game was a higher scoreline, this game was our best performance, and it shows what we are capable of as a team. And you know, going into Hamilton and going into playing Aberdeen again in the League Cup, you know, we've we've got the opportunities to get big wins there. Like I said, Hamilton, I'm not going to really do a preview as such because um, mm. you know I'd like to announce that. Uh, Strong up Hibs will be represented at the Scotland Women's World Cup qualifier. Um, I'll be going to that against Hungary at Hamden, which I'm really excited for. Um, be my first women's national team game, so I'm really, really excited for that. Um, oh man, really excited for that. So, obviously, there's high bees in the squad Rachel Boyle, 
Amy Muir and Leah Eddy are all in the squad as well. So hopefully I'll see them get some minutes. And I feel like Leah Eddy um, deserves to get a few minutes on the pitch. I'm really sad that uh, Amy Gallagher didn't get called up. I still think she deserves it. But aye, really good to see those girls getting called up. So it'll be great to see. So aye, I just wanted to announce that when we're talking about women's football, that I'll be at the Scotland game. So strong ops will be there. And maybe if you're lucky, I'll give you a wee review as well. So <laughs> aye, hopefully a big win against Hungary yeah. in the qualifiers because we're doing quite well a qualification group as well. We need to keep the goal difference up because Spain are in that group. So that's mm-hmm. a, it is difficult in terms of Spain, but I so I definitely ag- agree with Lewis, but I definitely think double figures is maybe over-exaggerated. A bit far-fetched. Right, last one then, guys, uh, from Paul Mackay. Um, is James Scott really poor or is he just not getting played in his natural position? For me, I'll take this one. I haven't seen enough of him to make a comment, but... Looking at his goal scoring record like we did earlier on, I'm I'm not really sure what to expect, but I would say it's not much. I will agree, but I also agree that he's not had enough time in the team. Um nah. I, to be fair, for what I've seen of him, I didn't buy into it. Um I was quite excited when we signed them, but there's something about him that just doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence that he'll score. And I know I predicted him to score every week so far, but I don't think it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, right? I'd, I'd love him to score the winner in the semi against the Hans, but um, I, Ooh, I'd love it, yes, that would be great. No, but I've, uh, I've no no, I'm, I'm going to agree with Charlie here, eh? I, I've, I've not seen enough of him to make a Why call. Why do you never agree with me? <laughs> <laughs> eh? Why do you never agree with me? It's jealous, well, because, of, the beard. jealous of the beard, eh? Because uh, uh, the, the, beard <laughs> is, the beard is mighty, you know what I mean? Thank you, thank That's you. That's true, That's true. <laughs> Beard is mighty, but um, nah, I've got to say, like, I, I do agree with actually, you know, all joking aside, I do agree with both points. Made that I've not seen enough of him. Obviously, I don't go to away games, so I didn't see him at the games he played away. And from what I've seen of him at home, I've, well, he, he didn't do it, he was a passenger in the Livy game. I was too busy being very, very upset during both the St. Mirren and the Dundee United games to care what he was doing. <laughs> and then against St. Against St. Johnson, it was all about boiled shithousery with uh, drinking uh, Clark's water. So um, aye, I, I definitely think that um, I've not seen enough of him and he just needs time to adapt but I agree with Charlie I can't see him scoring I, 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 we, I, he said that every week I've thought it every week I can't see him scoring What we really need to do is uh, we need, just need to sponsor his home top eh, and he'll score every week <laughs> But if he does need That's a season ticket mate <laughs> So we're going to start a crowdfunding account on, uh, and we'll put it on the podcast tour if you'd like to donate any money necessary to get uh, that top and hopefully it returns the favour <laughs> where I go <laughs> either that or I'll be chasing them down the high street with a blooming uh, what do you hey. call it in a golf club <laughs> I think um, I think he'll score soon enough then Jack aye so um, right lads that was a very long episode god that must be that's some time we've been on this podcast I think it's about an hour and a half yeah, that's what you should right. be the three of us together that's what happens. Yeah, but two podcasts for us. That's what happens when Hibs get pumped, mate. We just have loads of possible. <laughs> so. Oh, to be fair, no. to be fair, the girls played well. The girls played Aye, well. There you go. That's that's what happens when exactly. Uh, but no, uh, listen. This will be out on recast. And if you have, if you made it to the end of the episode, by the way, tweet us and let us know because <laughs> there are probably a few folks. You deserve a medal. Actually, line deed somewhere. Do you know what I mean? There's you deserve an death. Iron Cross for that. Why did I say the Iron Cross? What's the British version of that again? The Victoria. Yeah, you, exactly. I went a bit Germany again there, but uh, yeah, you deserve you deserve uh, you deserve a medal for it. And, yeah, and on that, and on that note, on that bombshell, it's time to end. No, I need a self a selfless plug before we end. 
Listen, if you've not had time yet, um, you can catch our interview with Peter Burt, um, the brand manager at Hibs, the, the, the man, the myth, the legend that designed the three absolutely outstanding kits this season and does a lot of class stuff on social media as well. You can head over to Recast and watch that episode. Uh, it's already only 30 minutes and it's a really, really good discussion and it's really nice to sort of see the face behind uh, these wonderful designs that we all love. So I go and check that out. Um, also, you'll find on Recast our interview with um, Mike from Charleston Battery, uh, one of our uh, partnerships at Hibs. So another great wee sort of 25-30 minute interview we've done with him and we'll have got a few more of them lined up. Um, so aye, until next time, come on the Hibs. <laughs>